0: I want to see the Constitution burn, want to watch the White House overturn, want to witness some blue blood bleed red. I want to tar and lynch the KKK, want to pull and shoot the NRA, yeah, yeah, yeah. Murder the government, murder the government, murder the government and then do it again, yeah. That's a first.
1: That's a first. Ian, thank you so much for opening up the show, man. It's so great to have you on. Thanks for having me, Manny. This is awesome. Good I know you're a busy guy, so you got a lot going on and, and and it's great to finally get you on the show. And uh, I've been itching to have this conversation uh, for a long, long time. You're our first, I guess, hardwood flooring specialist, entertainer, whatever you call. How many, How many different titles you got going on right now?
0: It depends on what hat I put on this morning. (laughs) I'm actually a privacy fence builder today, so
1: okay, exactly. Just get a a hold of a hammer and get wood. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying,
1: man. Let me let me share out some deets here. So, uh, Ian uh, Shido, Shido, right?
0: Yes, just like the actor Don.
1: That's what I thought. Yeah. So Ian Shido and uh, Hardwood Installer or, or Extraordinaire, Dayton Hardwood, Triple W Dayton Hardwood Co. com, Ian at Dayton Hardwood Co. com. And on Instagram, it's Dayton Hardwood Co. And on your YouTube, you've got a new channel, which is Wood Floor or Wood Gasm. That right, What floor gas part of the
0: controversy this this early end. i gotta
1: no i gotta <laughs> check it out i want to check out that channel totally man We've so been obviously doing
0: shorts and stuff we haven't uh tackled videos yet we're trying to get a little bit of a following and i've got some really cool ideas so it would be awesome if you and your listeners oh, yeah, check it totally.
1: out. we'll check it out and we'll subscribe to it so we can start checking out everything you're gonna be sharing there uh obviously we're gonna talk about tile today yeah. That's it, man. Mortar tile, grout, you name it. Caulk, what do you nah, want? No, 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 no. Let me do a few shout outs and then we can get rocking and rolling. Uh, I'm wearing Val, actually Val out of New York city. I'm wearing his t-shirt today. So Val, which is legacy, um, legacy YYC. I think it is Val. I apologize if I don't remember it. I'm, I'm wearing your tee. Thank you so much. I also want to do a shout out to, uh, Frederick Fred, uh, of Fred seal carpentry. Uh, enough respect for Fred. He was on the show and he's, he's doing a lot of great work with his, uh, woodworking and the framing the timber framing uh and he's doing amazing work so reach out to him on ig which is fred seal underscore carpentry and then of course you can listen to his story right here on this show with show number 276 uh learn a little bit about stereotomy uh keep up the awesomeness fred and then i also want to do another shout out to a friend of mine uh high school friend of mine he's my accountant rami if anybody's interested in getting some accounting services you could reach out to him at rami which is r-a M, sorry, R A M I at proaccountingtax.ca. Uh Talk to him. He's a good guy and he helps me out. So I'm sure that he's helped out some other people that have been listening to the show. Okay. So, Ian, yes. uh, why flooring? That's what I, I got a lot of flooring questions to ask you, but why flooring to start off with? Mm, yeah. Did flooring choose you or did you choose flooring? It
0: did, really. If it chose me by way of a ladder accident. In a nutshell, um, that kind of gave me a fear of heights in the construction industry, which led me to doing endeavors at lower heights, which eventually dropped me to my crawling around in hands and knees position that I currently reside in today.
1: So that's a good thing. Was it a bad accident?
0: uh no well it wasn't great and it's uh i used to do remodeling with some uh friends we did like flip houses and so it was in 100 year old houses in a historic neighborhood in dayton and we did um full scale like to the bones strip the things down uh do structural repairs rehab them to a historical degree and then either rent or sell or all of the above and uh yeah so it was when i was doing that that um i kind of fell in love with wood flooring and in love with the idea of working for myself versus working with these guys um and yeah kind of going from one thing to the next doing uh remodeling work i decided i loved wood the most wood flooring the most so like I had a Cheadle construction, which I think is when me and you probably met when I was under the name of Cheadle construction. I remember you sending me a business
1: card. You sent me a business card yeah, and it was a wood business card and I still have it to this day. And I, I, I didn't grab it and bring it on the show, but I totally was like, that's a cool card, man.
0: Well, I'm still rocking those. Oh yeah. Just under Dayton Hardware, but yeah, I still use cards of wood. I've actually never used any other cards. So shout out to them. Cards of wood are amazing. It's amazing. Get compliments on them every day. But yeah, so I, I was a remodeler um, under cheetel Construction, and I did that for like three or four years. Had a little crew at one point, two, three guys um, at any given time, and. I would do like kitchens and bathrooms and all these big full scale things. And then I would get like a wood floor refinish job. And I always loved it more than the other stuff. (laughs) And I found myself like turning the stuff I love down to go work in someone's kitchen for six weeks when I didn't really love it. And so, uh, the beauty of working for yourself, you can just decide to do something else, which I think you kind of did too. And, um, yeah, so I'm like, why do the things I don't love? And so that is essentially what helped me discover my love of wood floors. And then here I am five-ish years later, I think, since I started dating hardwood.
1: Do you like, like Ian, do you like being a one-man shop? Because I remember my first year of construction, I was a one-man shop just to get things done because I didn't know anybody. I wasn't networking yet. I didn't meet people. So I was taking on jobs. And then I, I was like, I can't, I can't do everything. But I mean, that's, Full scale remodel, you're doing the detail of the flooring, but do you enjoy being a one man shop and handling that one detail?
0: I do. And that is actually part of the lessons that I learned as a remodeling contractor Um, in the construction industry. uh, We have a lot of interesting folks you could say that uh, (laughs) are in the labor force and so trying to depend on laborers and subcontractors and all of these other elements that are part of a major remodeling job was not fun for me at all like I'm not a manager type I don't like bossing people around honestly I've got weird views on like even really making money off of the back so to speak of other folks so Uh, you know, my mentality is kind of always been like the DIY punk rock mentality of do it yourself, find your own path, don't be a cog in the machine. And I didn't really even want to build my own machine to put cogs in, if that makes sense. It
1: totally makes sense. Yeah.
0: So, you know, we kind of joked around about wearing all these different hats and I do, and I love it. And, you know, I like selling jobs. I like talking to clients. I like Doing the labor, I like uh, doing the cleanup afterwards, whatever that entails. Uh, my wife does help me a lot on the tech end, like she does a lot of our uh, counting and website stuff and everything that's boring and stuff I don't want to do to keep me on the creative and having fun end of things. So then everybody's happy.
1: But she you know? keeps she, she does, keeps the machine
0: going, right? She really does, man. I could not do it without her. I would have bankrupted us ten times and you know, uh, weird AOL uh, email addresses or who knows, who knows what I would have going if I did not have her behind the scenes. Helping me.
1: So you're, you're in Ohio and I'm trying to get a sense of, do you have a grasp on what are the go-to floors of today in America? Like what's everybody, I know that <sighs> reclaim extra wide rustic. I know that that's kind of been peaking its head lately. And then I, I, I always kind of shook my head in construction, how, people would casually make that decision about flooring and not really give it more thought about what you're going to do. Because once you put that flooring in there to take it out is a different story. And so you really got to commit to it. And then I, I was just, I got upset with trends. I hated seeing flooring. That was literally such an extreme trend that I was like, this is going to, what I used to say was this is going to age so quickly. And there's no reason for a house that's done properly to age so quickly.
0: Right. And one cool thing about like a solid hardwood floor, whether it be reclaimed or wide plank or super narrow plank, um, is that it can be trendy today. And then you can sand away that trend and make it trendy again or make it timeless or do really anything you want with it at just about any given time. Um, so yeah, you're right. The trendy floors like the LBTs and that sort of stuff. Uh, I think a lot of the builders like to sell because they can have anybody install them. Yeah. The profit margins are huge because a lot of them come straight from China and go through 10 middlemen before they're sitting on the end product floor. So every Tom, Dick, and Harry can make a bunch of money off of it. And then the end user is stuck with the result of a floor that looks kind of cool if they don't know what they're looking at. And then you know they have to deal with sticking in a landfill three to five years down the road or whatever so
1: which is such a shame.
0: all roads lead back to solid wood in yeah. my opinion
1: and then what i want to ask you and what's your favorite wood wood today like what do you what do you like well like my bread and
0: butter around here and i, I think around a lot of the country is uh two and a quarter inch oak okay select grade character grade number one number two somewhere in that neighborhood but you see two and a quarter oak in 150 year old houses yep. up to houses that I've installed it in last week and everything in between. And so, um, two and a quarter inch wide, three quarter inch solid plank flooring laid in a traditional fashion is my bread and butter. It's at least what most people in my area of the Midwest think of when you say hardwood floor, yep. uh, I'm not sure what it's like up there. And I know it does change but, in, up, the, up here in Toronto. That's
1: what they're ripping out. They're constantly ripping it out. And I I cry sometimes that they're ripping it out because they don't...
0: What are they putting in its place?
1: Eight-inch-wide walnut veneer, like engineered. Uh, They're putting in, I guess, just a gray-stained kind of six or five-inch wide. Uh, Lots of engineered, like lots of extreme engineered. Uh, and, And obviously, you've got rental properties, and they're putting a lot of VFTs in there vinyl flooring going in there because i guess they're doing rental properties and things like that but yeah i mean i'm i'm, I'm like you i'm a fan of like wood flooring is wood flooring i want to i don't want a wood and other ingredients flooring you know what i mean
0: well even that term engineered can still give you a badass wood floor it's a hugely confusing term in the industry and uh it's so like engineered. You can still have a three quarter inch floor with a, essentially a quarter inch uh, or four or five millimeter wear layer on top. That's a sandable finishable surface with plywood down below installed in a cross, gra- uh, cross yeah. uh, pattern with You know all the benefits you get from plywood, which I'm sure you know of, glued to your veneer of wood on top. So there are ways to get a badass floor. Uh, but man, like you said, it is a little bit trendy. I do install a lot of wide plank floors and I think we like to kind of flex on in in the industry on the abilities to do that these days so I think that's kind of a trend too uh but you know and, and so I had a short uh stay in Texas last year in South Texas in New Braunfels it's right between San Antonio and Austin okay I bought a house on a concrete slab and wanted to put a badass floor in there and we can talk all about that failed trip and everything if you want to but uh, <laughs> I put a ten, 10 inch wide uh three right inch, onto the yeah, man. Well, I used uh, vocals um, makes a rubber underlayment system. Okay. So I actually ground the concrete down. Well, demoed all the tile, ground the concrete down, put a paper barrier, uh, urethane paper barrier, rubber glued down, and then glued my wood on top of that rubber. Uh, it kind of does like sound barrier benefits yep. and, and uh, is better on the knees to walk on. We've lived on the slabs before and it hurts. Um, so, but at any rate, that was a 10 inch wide floor. I paid a ton of money for it, sanded it, looks cool as hell, but at the end of the day, I walk across, I'm like, it's a trendy-ass floor, and uh, was it worth the extra money, and do I love it any more than I love my old school two-and-a-quarter? Nah.
1: Did it cup? So. Like, do you see no, it? It's
0: no, it's It performed really well, and, okay. you know, I'd, a professional installed it, so that's got to say something, but uh, I went through very strenuous ways to do it, and, you know, you mentioned these are popping up in new builds, and... That's the thing with these wide plank floors too, they go to the landfill eventually too because of improper installation on a lot of them, especially on concrete slab. Wood subfloor, you can get away with a lot more, but dude, if you're putting in wood, even if it's engineered on a concrete slab, you better know what you're doing and you better have good tools and you better have good material.
1: That's the problem is that a lot of installers are using inferior products. They're not using that's exactly the, right the specified adhesives that you're supposed to use it uh, or even if you're doing an adhesive and nailing it and on a, on a regular first floor or second floor, you're, you might be getting lucky to like maybe get one or two staples per board. And that's not enough. And then when you've set up the pneumatic and you got everything going, there's just, just like nail the hell out of it as if you're sewing pants. You know what I mean? Like just use it and glue it properly.
0: There's a schedule, you know, NWFA, which is the National Wood Flooring Association, is kind of the gold standard for rules and regulations and stuff. And they all have nail schedules and you know, anything over uh, four and five inch, they recommend doing a glue assist with, which is nails and glue, but
1: which I'm a fan, dude, I do it on any. Yeah, I'm a fan I do of it any. on any.
0: Yeah. any install within the past few years yeah it's it, you get all kinds of benefits from it it's a it's more so, so even than just the benefits you would think of it keeps the floor from moving around and all that stuff but it keeps it from squeaking it feels better under your feet um all kinds of stuff
1: i'd love to chat with you Ian about um pre-finished flooring like i'm I'm a fan of what you no, do, which we'll is talk about it. I, I don't <laughs> I'm a fan of what you do because you basically put life back into flooring, right? So you've got either it's old wood or if it's new wood and you sight finish. It's it's basically and then the amount of times up here, and I'm sure a lot of tradespeople across the country in the US and Canada, they have these arguments with these clients so that they don't want to shut the site down for a week or a week and a half to properly sand it, to properly seal it, to properly finish it, and then cover it up and then continue the build process from there. So they rather just order pre finish. I remember a job I did a few years back where you know he was adamant about a specific spine pattern pre finish. It was getting installed. And there was lippage and things were not clicking properly and and connecting properly and he wasn't happy. And we went through the whole process of kind of shutting down, slowing project down and then having, you know, the reps come by and then there was apparently a third party assessment of this lippage. And ultimately it was assessed that, you know, this was going to take a little while. And I asked him, I like, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to start? You want to continue? We've got other trades that are being stacked here and we need to get this work moving along. And he goes, well, what are your thoughts? And I'm like, you got two options. You either live with it or you site finish it again. That's it. That's the only way you're going to get rid of this lippage. So we ended up site finishing it again. And then the manufacturer came back and they just started talking about, well, according to industry standards, this lippage is well within that industry standards. And I was uh, incredibly disappointed. And I won't mention the company's name. Everybody wants to find out about it. They can reach out to me and I'll tell you the company's name, but you see them quite a bit on HDTV and they're sharing their product. And I'm not a fan of their product because of these industry standards go to, which I don't agree with when you get flooring of this kind of style and it wasn't cheap flooring. This was very expensive flooring in a spine pattern too. It was five inch white Oak spine pattern and even the spine wasn't even lined up and i get that you know we were trying over and over to try to make it so i mean have you come across this
0: oh yeah 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 so you can speak on a ton of things to that the those at which uh set the standards in the industry kind of suck yeah in my opinion i mentioned i mentioned the nwfa earlier because they are our only gold standard but it's fool's gold in my opinion uh, they're a non-profit they take tons of money from tons of contractors take tons of free shit from tons of manufacturers uh,
1: what a shame put,
0: slap their, they slap their sticker on stuff that we all know shouldn't be used in the industry mop and glow, that sort of shit um, yeah so anyways they're the ones creating these standards right and so it's almost like the revolving door of corporations and government um, is, is these kind of standard makers and uh industry leaders and manufacturers and i'm smiling because i'm sure there are people getting mad at me as they listen to me saying nah. this but them. Yeah. so um anyways you make these floors under these standards uh and then you get again a finished product where it's not exactly what everybody expected and by everybody i mean a builder and homeowner if you have a professional installer they all know the problems with these products And it's you're lucky that you had a floor that you could call a sand and finish guy to come and save because most of them are sold with a shitty one or two millimeter veneer saying they're refinishable, but a lot of contractors like myself won't touch it because they've got a texture, they've got a huge bevel, they've got a bad substrate, all, all of the above, all of which are reasons why you shouldn't stick a sander on it because by the time you pull all of those impurities out of the floor, you've broken through the veneer and ruined the entire thing. So pre-finished flooring does have all of those. But like I'll give you an example of a client where I just sold a pre-finished floor to and a couple a couple weeks back, and we have both felt great about it, even though it has some of these imperfections. Uh they bought a new house, wanted to put a matching floor in their entire upstairs, didn't have the time or budget to do a site finished floor right now, but eventually want to. Okay. Uh, because of COVID and all of the other weird uh things that have pushed prices up over the last few years you can now get a lot of um like kind of home depot grade pre-finished floors for the price of uh unfinished floor so what i did was got them a two and a quarter inch pre-finished character grade uh naturally finished solid hardwood floor and installed it um and then we all agree, hey, maybe three, four, or five years down the road, we'll call Egan to come back and refinish this thing and make it the finish that we want. Right now, we know it's got some lippage. We know it's got aggressive micro bevels, which are a huge turnoff for me on any of these prefinished products. It. I know. Some of the filler they use in it is questionable. Uh, they put wax. They put uh, ugly colors and stuff from the factory. Um, but any of that stuff can usually be rescued by a site finish wood floor craftsman as long as it was installed well so i installed what i would adamantly say i am against um but at the end of the day man it's still an american-made hardwood floor and uh, i'll still be able to refinish it and we'll still make it badass and like i mentioned it's a two and a quarter inch floor it's a timeless floor that will be in this house hopefully for the next 100 years and everybody will love it so there's a time and a place for this pre-finished floors, but I mean, sadly, I think most of them.
1: Isn't it true? Ian, most and like, of
0: them are making money.
1: Yeah, exactly, right? I, isn't it true that, I guess the reasons that homeowners want to change their flooring is because of the failures during installation. So flooring is starting to squeak. Flooring is starting to split. Uh, the material itself is starting to crack. Like, these are all... Defects as a result of either the product or the installation. And that's the reason why you change it. Not necessarily, I don't like it. Because I agree with you that that go-to oak, that's timeless. Like you look at that floor and if it's installed properly, finished properly, it looks stunning when you actually set a room up and put everything together and, and design it and live in it. It looks stunning. It's It's the installation and the product itself is what fails that makes homeowners want to change it.
0: That's it, dude. And it's like um, wanting to remodel your basement in a house that has a bad roof. Yeah. You can't come and put an awesome floor or finish on top of a floor that was installed poorly. Because anything I do up here is only as good as what's going on down there. Yeah. So, you know, I'm real big on proper installation methods because I think it sets up future generations even for having a better – Uh, experience in the construction industry. Yeah.
1: So three-quarter flooring, how many times can you resand three-quarter flooring? So it it
0: depends a lot on the substrate. Uh, The standard is, again, um, weird. They say it needs to be, your substrate should be one-eighth of an inch flat within any given direction of eight feet, six feet, I believe. Uh so which is almost impossible um in a hundred-year-old house with a forty-five degree angle plank subfloor. Um
1: but yeah, so I'm sorry. What was the question? I started, I it there. <laughs> if you have three quarter flooring, how many times can you resand it? How many times can yeah? You resend so subfloor
0: is flat, installed well, dude. You should be able to sand it four, five, six, That's seven five times. Yeah, yeah. As long as you're not getting crazy with it. Again, that has all all comes down to who's doing it, what tools that they're using, what sandpaper they're using, who taught them to do it, uh, and all of that sort of stuff. So it's pretty wild west out there. Um, there's a lot of guys that will drop a belt sander with 36 inch or uh, 36 grit Grits? sandpaper on every single floor, yeah, and they rip the finish off, and they rip you know an eighth of three sixteenths of material off at the same
1: time. Wow, um, they, they just, so They just want to rip it. They just want to get that that whole finish off like as fast as possible. That's yeah, they classic. want to get it off
0: as fast as possible so they can get their theirs on as quick as possible and get their paycheck cash and move on to the next floor.
1: So that okay, a few questions. Um I'd love for you to walk us through your process and then I guess how did you learn your process? Did you learn it just by trial and error? You figured it out, you trusted. You spoke to reps, you you spoke to manufacturers, you spoke to the industry and other people and and is that how you built your knowledge? Dude, all of the above. DIY okay. as
0: yeah. hell. I yeah. actually this is a point of pride of mine. Um it used to be a point of shame, which is weird the way these things evolve over time, but I have never made a hardwood floor for anybody other than myself uh, in terms of a paycheck. Yeah, so I fell in love with it. I taught myself how to do it, and continue to teach myself how to do it too. I go to classes two or three times a year. I just got back from the NWFA Expo, where I met tons of awesome contractors and sales reps, and Um, saw, you know, tool innovations, uh, new flooring, new everything. You just get a fire under your ass when you go and do things like that. So I try to keep a perpetual fire under my ass in this industry because, like I said, dude, I...
1: Imagine this. You're working on a construction project and accidentally damage a client's property. Without insurance, you could be held responsible for the repair costs. And what about unforeseen accidents that can happen on a job site? Construction projects come with their fair share of risks. If a third party gets injured, you could be facing medical expenses, legal fees, and even potential settlements. But with construction liability insurance, those expenses are covered, saving you from a significant financial burden. Every construction professional needs a margin of safety and a solid backup plan for when things go wrong. So if you're a general contractor, renovation expert, or a construction professional, don't leave your business vulnerable. Nail down the low cost construction liability insurance you need and get a certificate of insurance quickly by getting a free quote. Now by visiting zensurance.com forward slash save 35. Zinsurance is Canada's leading source for small business and construction liability insurance.
0: Carved my path into this place because I fucking love it. Yeah. And so I cherish that part of it. And so I try to make sure I keep that at the forefront of it at all times. Which means don't build a big business. Don't take a job as a sales rep for one of these shitty companies. Don't uh, push plastic floors. Hell, don't even install plastic floors. Yeah. Um, you know any of these things? We all are come back to the thing we talked about earlier too. Our benefits of working alone.
1: Yeah.
0: I can say I don't want to take a job, or I can go and talk shit about a finished company, or I can say the standards for the industry are questionable and i only have to worry about my own paycheck i don't have to worry about the families of others thankfully um and i also can rely on the art aspect of it because that i think is what keeps the wood floor industry alive at least at a craftsman level is uh manufa- or not manufacturers um craftsmen type that are doing it as well as as who appreciate it yeah. so I think um, that aspect of it needs to stay alive more than anything and growing a big company or working for finished companies and, and that sort of stuff just dilutes all that in my opinion. Are
1: you, Ian, are you finding that when you're speaking to clients that you're educating them more than explaining to them? Like are are they coming? Oh, yeah. at because For economics sure. comes into play here, right? Like a, a flooring done properly is not a cheap item. It's it's a pretty hefty big ticket item on a on a construction project, and so they they look at that that huge number, whether it's five figures or you can even get six figures, right? And they're they're trying to save yeah. what they can, so then they're going to be looking at economically how to do this flooring, but I mean, are you finding that you're, you're trying to educate them more than explain to them about this industry? And does that get frustrating for you?
0: No, I love it. It keeps me excited about it. I will, I, dude, I can get on a soapbox and talk to anybody about a wood floor and whether they buy one for me or the guy next door don't at all, they'll walk away from it, having a new appreciation for it. And they'll know why a real wood floor is better than a plastic floor. And that to me is cool. So yeah, I, I educate my clients usually. I do, I, my website's a database at this point too. Uh, we are constantly adding blogs. When I'm on the job, if I have a question where I'm like, hmm, that's the third time I've heard that question in the past month from a client, I'll stop what I'm doing, I'll open up my notes app, I'll write, write a blog about such and such question. And then I used to have to take time to go and write said blog. Now I will copy that along with two or three notes of mine, go over to the Genie app, <laughs> And I'll have ChatGPT write me a 500-word blog, which I then put on pages, send to my wife, who then has it on our website with product links, images, videos, all kinds of shit by the end of the day. So, like, I'll give you a funny example. The other day I was in tight quarters between two houses, stalling uh, Oak want to install this in this little uh, like vestibule area in a person's house and I saw a lady kind of peer through her window and look at me and I knew what she was thinking she's thinking this asshole's blasting sawdust in my yard so I pull out my app and I look up hey is oak sawdust okay for landscaping sure it is it's got all these (laughs) uh, anti-insect benefits it's got fertilization benefits so Boom. I've got a blog for it. I've got pictures for it. I have the scenario with myself. <laughs> I've got information. The lady never even asked me. I portrayed it like a crazy person, but dude, I've got all that information. I'm seeking inspiration everywhere for this sort
1: you of You never show. know. So, um, Car- karma might have uh, got her to actually uh, read the article and then she was like, okay, all right, my garden is going to be better now as a result of it, which is great. Thank you.
0: Well, you know what's funny? She had a plumbing leak uh, the next day and came out and asked me about like how to turn off a shut off valve or something. I was super friendly to her, yeah. To her but yeah, you're right. It might've been a karma plumbing leak. <laughs> <laughs> I want to uh, nice
1: I wanna ask you about, I want to ask you about, your tools i know that one of the coolest things i ever saw one of the flooring guys here uh, pull out was that fork like caulking dispenser unit so then they can actually just spread the adhesive all at one pass and then i asked him where he got it from and he said he, he picked up two of them in the uk uh from an old school tool place up there uh, in there and uh and, and he said he couldn't find it here you ever seen this device it's like a, a basically a big sausage gun that's got uh, a fork at the end of it
0: yeah, it's to keep you from troweling glue on, like, a full tr- trowel application.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, man, v- Vocal makes one. I mentioned them earlier. They they make the uh, urethane vapor barrier that I really like using, but they have a gun. I used to have one, but I I don't, didn't use it that much. I ended up selling it to a friend of mine, but it's a bazooka, yeah. dude. I mean, it holds, yeah. I think, the, t- the glue tubes are a gallon. Yeah. And then they have alternating tips you can put on it. Yep. So you can be, I think they're big ones, like twelve inches or yeah. something. Yeah. Down to maybe six or eight. And it's got rollers on yep. the end too. So you butt the roller up to the tongue or groove or whatever of your last row. And just pass and essentially it. just troweling one. It keeps everything clean. clean. It's so
1: nice. I know. But you're you're just you're handling things trowel wise nowadays
0: if i do a full trial application yeah i do because I, I didn't that's one of those specialty tools that uh you know they they age um and also i just didn't find myself using it so i'm like this thing's taking up space and i know somebody else that's in high rises in chicago that will use it constantly get, so yeah, get the i thing. sold it to a friend but yeah i'll crawl around with a trial dude i do everything old school um And I catch flack for it. Like, I wipe stain on with rags and wipe it off. A lot of guys use a buffer. There's machines and stuff for it now. But I like doing – I really like the craft of hardwood flooring and every aspect of it from start to finish. So I catch flack for – working too hard and yada, yada. But, dude, I make the money I want to. I make the floors I want to, and I don't really give a fuck what other contractors That's do. That's why I so. love
1: it, man. It's amazing. I want I want you to share what, what are your favorite adhesives that you're using, your favorite stains that you're using, your favorite sealers that you're using. I, I want people to be educated now just to understand that, listen, get away from the crap that you see on, I guess, you know, big box stores, for lack of a better word, and start focusing on these better products because you've, like you said, DIYed it. You, you you tested it to hell, and it works out really well. So, what what are your faves in that all those categories there?
0: So I've mentioned Vocal a ton. They are a class act. Loba is their uh, it's Loba Vokal. Loba is their like on top uh, company, so finishes and all that sort of stuff. And then Vocal is their down below. So um, prep materials, your levelers, your your vapor barriers, your glues. So their stuff's badass. Um, Any company that makes a product that comes to me um, packaged well, has tons of expiration time, tons of work time that the manufacturer is willing to stand by, that they will help me with in the event that I need it. Um, there's a ton of companies out there making stuff, dude, and they'll all educate too. And so that's another thing I lean on heavily is take time out of your schedule to go and take advantage of their, of the manufacturer's classes they put on. Pullman has one. Uh, has a couple, um, Berger Seidel, Seidla, I forget how to pronounce it, has a couple, um, lagler who makes my sanding equipment has one I actually went to germany last year they took me on a trip to germany to uh, do their training in germany Wow! the germans basically do the best at the wood flooring industry uh in terms of finishes uh materials sanding um abrasives usa is pretty good at but a lot is uh from overseas as well um europeans really started the wood flooring industry the history goes back to castles and uh wood floors basically being finished with people dropping nuts on the nutshells on the floor and then trampling over them and pushing the oils down into the floor uh so the dudes that make their stuff based on all that history and technology i love pro coat don't let me forget them they're in america i fucking love those guys yeah they make an awesome hard wax oil, um, huge high urethane content. I've got it on my flooring upstairs, actually, uh, in my own house, Pro Coat you know, Coat. Um, I hope I'm not forgetting anybody. I'm forgetting Bono on purpose because they suck these days. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to see.
1: Cause well, I mean, why do, why do you think they suck these days? Is it because that they just built? that Trojan horse so big and they just go, well, we kind of own a certain segment of the market and we don't give a shit anymore. Is that the kind of mentality? You know
0: that- what they, own? they own the spray mops the that show up in droves on boats from China and make so much money for that company that they could give a shit less about contractors anymore, even though they pretend to. So they make all these things that serve the, finish end of the uh, wood floor contracting industry and pretend to care about us but if you talk to anybody in the know about the numbers or look for look for yourself on the internet uh we are a drop in the bucket to their sales and it shows man and plus they they got really tripped up over the last couple of years with um distribution and stuff too so i know they've lost a ton of clients to pullman burger burgers making a huge wave. i mentioned them a little bit ago yeah. they're making a huge wave in the industry right now i give them all kinds of shit because their representations questionable they um have had expiration issues they've sold me a bunch of expired shit but i actually put a meme up not too long ago uh it was the from the Chappelle show if you ever watched that yeah, it was yeah. the tyrone tyrone biggins meme uh <laughs> of him asking if anyone knows where I can get some fresh burger cider finish. <laughs> cuz it's funny man I love this shit it's so good but uh yeah they kept selling expired shit but I kept going back for more.
1: <laughs> you Ian you brought up a good point and I've been having this conversation lately is that are we the small mom and pop trade companies like yourself and other small established businesses that don't necessarily want to grow or expand and make teams and crews and all kinds of stuff are we really that small of a fish for all these corporations to look at us and go ah you guys are such a small part of our market we really don't see any value in you do you see that
0: i feel it very much so a lot of the industry is volume based yes um and that shows top to bottom and that's not my mentality or philosophy and so I used to try to bend my morals or my practices, I guess, in a way that would like work with that. But in the last couple of years, man, I've kind of just, uh, fuck all that. So like if your company isn't going to be there to support me as the one individual who works my ass off to elevate and support the industry as a whole, then fuck yeah. Cause, uh, You know, in my opinion, the single-man operation, craftsman-level situation is what is the backbone of this industry. You could not have these guys with these huge companies throwing the 36 grit on the floor and putting two coats of polyurethane down on the floor if it wasn't for other guys making amazing floors that trick those people into getting a job. So... You know, and again, it's a touchy subject because I piss people off all the time when I talk about all this stuff, but I also don't have to care about what they think about me. No, but it's A lot of people in the industry, even like in my position, the single man crew, so dude, we we break our backs for a living, right? And you you probably see this in other parts of the construction industry. So we're all like in the back of our heads, whether we know it, if we're smart, in the slightest bit, trying to plan what we're going to do in the future to quit breaking our backs. Yeah. So a lot of the guys that are in my, sitting in my spot, in my position are, I'm trying to be nice, uh, are trying to set themselves up in a way that they can either go and work for one of these Finnish companies as a sales rep, or work as a teacher at the NWFA, or go and work behind a desk and take contractors out for golf expos and shit. And so the fact that that is out there helps prop up that shitty part of the industry too, in my opinion. So again, you know, it all goes back to the DIY punk rock mentality of burn those dinosaurs to the ground and lift up the guy that is, alone because that's the backbone of this country too and i wrote an article for wood floor business a few years ago um it's i think on their website still about how i'm living the american dream and dude i like to think it's the canadian dream too i know we're just brothers with a fake line between us
1: yeah
0: yeah uh dude carve your own path don't follow somebody else's path don't walk in the shadows of these other dorks that are ahead of you that sold themselves short go and reach your own maximum potential whatever the fuck that is uh and then break your back until the end of it and sure invest in yourself invest in good but dude, i own my house you know i own my tools i own my equipment i'm making i'm not saying go and live beyond your means and buy everything on credit and fuck yourself financially but at the same time life rules. Uh, we're all gonna die. We all know we're racing to the end one way or another. So don't sell out yourself today to try to build something better tomorrow that we aren't fucking guaranteed.
1: Anyways, if that makes sense. No, it makes a lot of sense and well said it it totally. And I agree with you on so many levels for that. But I mean, in the same respect, you stay true to yourself and you're still operating a successful business. It's not like you've sold out to stay true to yourself, that you're struggling and you're just breaking even. You're actually profitable. No.
0: Me and my family are number one. I have three kids. I have a wife that is stay at home. I mean, I explained all to you the stuff that she does for the business, but dude, go find a guy working in a factory in 2023 that can have three kids at home and a wife that gets to do what she wants and own their house in a really nice community. Uh, and rub elbows with all these other dorks that have to work for some asshole and, you know, take Zoom calls that they don't want. So I'm here right now with you because I want to. <laughs> I'm not here right now because, you know, I'm scared that someone's going to fire me because yeah. of it. I took the whole fucking day off work for this because yeah. I want to because that's what I can do no I and know. i and yeah my floors are expensive too by the way
1: that's the other part of it but okay I but Ian, in, expensive I, is what? in a community you're comparing it to well, your clients are comparing it to what and that's what i'm saying is that you can't say sure, it's expensive. sure
0: yeah you compare it to the plastic you're going to throw away in a few yes. years you compare it to the tile that's going to break you compare yes. it to anything else that isn't sitting in all these other 100 year old houses you know and that's the cool part to me is like, dude, I, my fucking floors are gonna outlive me by long shot. Oh, 100%. So that's my retirement. It's a legacy. My sons will be able to buy my Sanders from me if they want to. And if they don't, that's cool too. But they'll be refinishing the floors that I installed if they want to. Yeah. And I'm not gonna hand my company to them because the nepotism sucks. There's so many assholes in the construction industry that we all wanna punch right in the fucking throat because they were handed their job. They don't appreciate it. And daddy pays their truck bill and their insurance. And dude, I have been all but homeless. Nobody handed me shit. I worked my ass off to put my first down payment on a house in the fucking hood. And then by the time my daughter was at kindergarten age, I bought a shitty house in the better neighborhood that have good schools. And then you know, so on and so forth. Here I am. I flip houses. I've taught myself how to work on houses. I, so give me your excuse and I'll tell you how I overcame it already. And I'm not saying this to brag to you or to say I'm awesome no, no. or to do any of that shit. I'm saying it because I want to be an inspiration for anybody out there that wants to go and do better for them.
1: It is, it is I used to shit. work in a
0: factory. I used to be a drunk too.
1: Yeah. And that's huge. We can talk about that if you want to. No, we, right, yeah. we've all, we've all had our twenties, right? The problem is that those nepotism kind of babies, they're doing it now. They're taking it over and they're like, did you build your business off of a name that was given to you or a business that was given no, to you? I no, I built my did business it. with a,
0: sure. no, dude, I, I had to listen. I'm going to tread lightly too. Cause I don't know if these guys will listen to this, uh, <laughs> but I had a couple of partners. One of them was a nepotism baby. Where that i made those houses with in the historic neighborhood anybody listening to this who knows me knows them the baby was a kid that i grew up with that our friendship went up in flames during this because he was a fucking piece of shit dude we were all supposed to be partners He so would come over there after working for daddy's company all day and then would sit there and drink coffee and count his hundred dollar bills and tell us what to do while we were busting our ass all day and I tried to fight him in the front yard and drag him out and punch him in the throat like I wanted to, but he wouldn't do that because he was born a pussy. So, you know, that's a whole other story. And I was in, in my slightly alcoholic 20s back then. And I don't advocate violence. I don't want anybody to go do that. I think that's a bad way to do things. But Dude, I was pushed to it through working well, sometimes with... Sometimes a
1: good smack <laughs> is well-deserved. you know what I mean? That's just oh, sometimes. He,
0: he didn't want that. He knew I would There was nobody to pull me off of him. He did not want that.
1: And uh, so what was cool,
0: though, is uh, I learned so much of what not to do from him. And his dad fucking ruled. His dad, um, senior, you know, he raised that kid. And it's one of the reasons why I said I'll burn my business to the ground before I hand it to my kid Because I saw how awesome senior is and how... Shitty junior was, and I ain't putting that out in the universe. So, uh, you know, those guys taught me everything not to do about business. So, and then, you know, at that point when we had all that falling out, we were on the tail end of our last property, anyways, that my name was on. So I had to finish it. Now that taught me a lot. I knew we were all going to lose money on it. I lost a friendship. Um, but at the same time, I was learning to build my business. I put my teal construction shirt on, on the last few months of me working there. I was building contacts. I was putting my name out there. I built that Instagram. I talked to you. I talked to RJT carpentry and tile. I talked to Tula uh, toolaholic. I talked to all these fucking OGs that were there for me, that treated me with love and respect. Stephen King, you know who you yeah. are sapwood yeah. working out there in the wood flooring industry. All of you lovely, lovely people boosted me up and made me feel awesome. You helped me plan my van wrap that has been <laughs> on magazines. I
1: remember that, yeah. Dude, that shit is so
0: beautiful to me, man. And that's, I'm, that's why I want to be out here in the industry and, and spread as much of that beauty out here as I can. Because, dude, we're all fucking lucky to be here, man.
1: Yeah, we, we could be us. gone For tomorrow we, right we just don't know no i i, I want to ask a sad question you that- just lost a big guy in the industry you probably followed uh tito shout
0: out to him uh we just lost uh a guy who was an employee of Loba it's a terrible accident in germany um but shout out to him r.i.p tito i love you brother but he was right there as his name was right there with all those others yeah i just mentioned to you that yeah helped push me into my passion helped teach me everything i needed to know. he had a ton of instagram followers could have been one of these other assholes that wouldn't have given you the time of day but he was so kind to me and uh so i hope i can just keep carry his light a little bit too
1: um did junior ever realize that he was fucking up or he just didn't care to acknowledge it
0: he's still out there being a piece of shit today he i heard wow. he got beat up on the
1: job site uh actually
0: by another tradesman because there he works at a company uh in town for commercial painting so he's on job sites and you know how that attitude goes on yeah. commercial job sites yeah some of you say the wrong shit him. So well, he's probably been beat up three or four times i mean i don't those people are dead to me when you're dead to me you're fucking dead to me i mean i don't you know, he he I guarantee he's watching this right now. I guarantee he's listening. I guarantee he has a fake Instagram account where he watches me from. I guarantee you know, he probably has an
1: altar that he that he
0: and so fuck him, fuck you, your dad's like, fucking awesome. Nobody wants to Sorry. do the Anyways. work.
1: That's the problem. They don't realize that they, yeah. they look at what you're doing or other people are doing and they look at it and like, that's a lot of fucking work, man. Like, why am I gonna do all that work when I can actually not care? And make maybe two thirds the well, money. Well, Daddy gave it to me. There is no
0: reason. There is zero reason to do that when Daddy's paying your bills. Yeah. Or, or, or and dude, and that's the other thing about these like jobs when people take a job for a Finnish company, now they got German daddy or, or Chinese daddy or whoever Daddy is for their company that's giving you your credit card and your, you know, your little van that you drive around and paying for the golf outings and shit. But at the end of the day, you're still on the Zoom calls answering a call to Daddy. I got no fucking daddy. And that is something I have a point of pride about. My actual father died when I was 20-something, 24. uh, And he, you know, so that's a whole other thing, too. But yeah. Yes, I ain't got no daddy. I don't want no daddy. I will never have no daddy. So anything you hear from me is all from me, and it's all my opinion, and it's not bought and paid for, and it's DIY and punk rock. Staying
1: true to yourself, it will man. Brutal. It's as simple as that. <laughs> Stay true to yourself and never change, man. And don't let the industry change you either. That's the shitty thing is that you'll see a lot of people saying, I can monetize something if I change this way. But basically, if you sell yourself out this way you can monetize well dude i've been
0: pushing to um since my wife's big on the tech stuff like we've been pushing to do like i said the youtube thing lately she's been pushing me to monetize and i've always had weird feelings about all of that but lately i've been like okay let's set up affiliates with companies we like let's uh manufacture and sell our own products stickers swag t-shirts um let's make an Amazon associates link where I will share links to products that I know and personally sign off on where I
1: can get a small. I saw that recently. smart. It. I like that. And so
0: it, it, it's all DIY. It's all, any of it is supporting me or my wife directly and you DM me and we talk about it and, and uh anybody out there looking at these stories or links or whatever it's all supporting me i'm not it's i'm not in cahoots with anybody 1620 i want to shout those dudes out those are my best friends in massachusetts totally american-made workwear they don't pay me shit i'm out there shouting their name from the rooftops i fucking love it because they're in america making american-made workwear they're not hustling chinese bullshit like true work uh and trying to say that they support us with their bad stitching and shit. Look, dude, these guys fix these pants. I'm wearing their work pants right now. You see these big patches? Yeah. They're um like 200 dollars work pants. They have fixed these pants three times, not due to their manufacturing errors, due to me crawling around on, on abrasives and blowing the knees out. They built patches for them just for me. I text the owner of the company. But well, you know why, right? Ian, on.
1: you totally don't understand why, right? 'Cause they're
0: badasses
1: and gentlemen. Exactly. It
0: ain't because they want me to come on this podcast and talk about it. I no,
1: it's because they understand the value of that one tradesperson business. They understand the value that that, that one lone wolf can actually make a difference in the industry. And And they carved a the path yes. for themselves to support that lone wolf. Yes. And you and your words are actually inspiring more. More tradespeople that are considering getting into that trade or a trade. And that's why they see that value there versus the person who's actually sitting down and looking at data and just going, if we get certain influencers to look at us and then share and talk, and all of a sudden we'll get maybe 10% of their followers to kind of ch- check us out. You still can't right. quantify someone buying your product and you can't turn around and say, well, that's the reason why. But a lone wolf, a one person business actually in my opinion i'm sure you agree is that it has more value down the road it has more value
0: but you have to create the value and you have to bet on yourself and you have to do it for the long run you know i have no idea what i'll be doing in 20 years but i know like i in the back of my head have an end game of age 50 is my magic number when i don't want to be bent over breaking my back so what does that mean i don't fucking know manny you come out me in a few years and hopefully i got a better idea it's still what 12 and a half years away from that so
1: but then you can already start thinking about it
0: yeah and i'm doing all these things to help make that a reality later and still diy though and not a part i don't want bono to hire me i don't want burger seidel to take me to germany and make me drink their german kool-aid i don't want you know loba to put a bird tattoo on me and make me pimp their shit to everybody. Cause there isn't one magic answer in the industry for finish. There isn't one magic company that can come and solve every problem. And that idea mentality is a problem in and of itself.
1: Yeah. It's I'm sure that you walk into your client's homes and you look into different homes and you realize that you have to tackle it individually. They're not, every home is different. You cannot just say that this house is just like the house we did last week. It's different. The client's different. The family dynamic is different. The design is different. The home itself structurally is different. Everything is different. And you have to basically start from a whiteboard. It's like, this is what I'm recommending based on my experience. And if you value that, then you'll continue the conversation with me. Those are the clients that I embrace, that I enjoy and that I respect um you come across that don't you Ian?
0: oh yeah 100 and i weed them out too man i've got a whole process have i to. have a contact form on my website i rarely uh secret time i rarely answer my phone these days my voicemail tells you not to leave a message i don't even voicemail, have voicemail I, think- Ian. I got rid of my voicemail I'm like, well, listen, dude, my, my voicemail is a first barrier of entry. It, it tells me if you can follow instructions, it says go to my true. website and fill out the contact form or text me. If you are voicemailing, you're telling me you're more important than those two instructions. And I'm hearing in the back of my head, you're a selfish cunt. And I don't want to work with you. <laughs> so, um, you're vetting. That's all you're doing. I am, and I'm doing it to protect my time and yours. I don't want to waste my time, and I don't want you to waste mine, and I'm not going to waste yours, and it's not to be an asshole. It's through experience and to protect everybody's time. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, dude, so you go to the contact form. Now you've made it to the first barrier of entry, and from there, dude, I can weed out a lot of shit, Um, and most of the time before I'm even at that client's house talking to them, they've already hired me and now we just get there get to go and make friends and plan their job. And that's the way I like to do sales. See, so when you wear all these different hats and have 10 years of experience, you get to start pay, paving your own path for each individual thing and doing it the way you like to. Yeah. So I, I love sales. Dude, I love ordering material. I love meeting new distributors. Uh, I love, you know, shout out to the Energist Supply in Michigan. I love meeting manufacturers who will answer my texts on the weekends and answer my questions and be there for me and don't just get on Facebook and talk about how they're out there for the contractor and then turn their phone off for the weekend. And you know, there's, we there's so many phonies out there. We all see them. It's, it's hilarious. Cause uh, your wheels are spinning yeah. all the
1: time. You're on the weekend, you're on a day off You're you know, holidays are coming up. But if you up. love
0: your job, yes. the wheels spinning feels good.
1: Yeah. Because then what you're going to do is you're going to figure out new ways to do things. You're going to figure out how to present new ideas to clients and also new ideas. The amount of times that I've gone to trade shows and I've actually told certain manufacturers, why don't you guys tackle this? This is something that I came across. And then I watch. I just pay attention. I watch the market. And then sure enough, once they go through their bells and whistles, that product shows up on the market. And I'm like, okay, cool. You're welcome. That's it. Because yeah. They and they don't ever listen.
0: offer you a handshake or a
1: thank you or nothing. I'll, g- so, I'll give you one little they, story. So I was well, f- one of those creeps. One of those
0: creeps got like a bonus for taking your idea to the, uh, to may, the fucking, maybe not. Uh, I know that corporate. I was, the,
1: I was the first guy to, to actually powder coat a Schluter drain, a linear drain. Hey, general contractors, renovation experts and construction professionals protecting your business should be a top priority. Your clients require you to have liability insurance as a condition of the contracts you sign. By having construction liability insurance, you not only fulfill those requirements, but also demonstrate professionalism, reliability, and a commitment to your client's protection. It's a win-win situation for your business. Construction liability insurance is vital to protect you from risks and liabilities that come with your line of work. It provides essential coverage for property damage, coverage for third-party damage, or bodily injury and other incidents that may occur during construction or renovation projects. Visit zensurance.com forward slash save35 for a free construction liability insurance quote and get the comprehensive protection you need. So I was always complaining that you can't always remember have remember yeah, a stainless lash. steel. You can't do a stainless steel drain when you're having a polished chrome or you're doing a black plumbing fixtures. You can't do any of that stuff. The stainless steel drain was bothering the hell out of me. So I kept on speaking to Schluter and I kept on telling him, you guys need to make a black one. You need to make a black one. He goes, well, we we're discussing it, but we're not sure. So I went to a local powder coater and I just said, listen, can you powder coat this for me? And then Schluter just said to me, you're going to void the warranty if you do this. So I was like, listen, I don't even care about that statement. So then I did it, and it's nope, still to this day, either. it's beautiful, and it's gorgeous, and it blends right in. And sure enough, Schluter just announced, you know they released it, I think, two years ago, three years ago, right before the pandemic started. They released their powder-coated line, and they were slowly rolling it out. And I asked them, how'd you guys After do it? After
0: it went through the mucky-muck of the corporate bureaucracy and through all of the bullshit that you have to do through corporations, and the idea goes to there, and this guy has to put his do in it. And yeah. When you could just go, hey, guess what? I'm going to go down the street to this guy who I met a few months ago in a powder coat job and he's going to powder coat this thing. And who gives a fuck about Schluter's warranty because they hire someone to fuck me out of that thing anyways, when the push comes to shove. So if I trust that guy's work and I trust my work and I put that powder coated Schluter thing in there and it fails, client calls me, me and that dude are fixing it. Yep. We're not worried about Schluter anyway. Yep.
1: So that's exactly people the are giving me shit. I'll,
0: I'll, you know, I'll use so I'll put Vockel's urethane barrier down, and then I'll put Paulman's P7 glue on top of it, and then I'll install hardwood, and then I'll put, you know, uh, somebody's hard wax oil on top of that, and then I'll fucking buff it, and then I'll, a few days later, and coat it with somebody else's wood uh, finish, all knowing, okay, Who's going to worry about what when shit goes wrong? Well, I already know the answer to that question. It's Ian. I it's don't you. care what all these guys are doing. It's... If that floor goes bad, I'm tearing it out. I'm buying the material. I'm making your floor right again because I took the fucking risk. And that's that's – I've done it, dude. I've torn thousands of dollars floors out before. I, I took on a pattern floor job inexperienced, hired some assholes to help me from uh, neighboring state – who I met at their Instagram. It's another big lesson to learn is people who you think they are on Instagram. Whoa, who they actually are. Mirrors. I know,
1: I know, I know. <laughs> so I hired these users to come help me.
0: They helped me fuck up the layout on a really important install and then came and uh, packed up all their tools and laughed over the weekend.
1: They walked and away. So
0: I came yeah they walked away it was all all my money on the material wow. you know they, they weren't out of anything and yeah funny enough the dude turned into a meth smoker and two years later hit me up for a paycheck but uh yeah when it happened i realized something is askew and i have to tear this floor out it was a pattern install and in a historic home a chandelier hanging over it where the pattern should be focused under that and it yep. was fucking over here oh man and so i uh, and it was all special order material it took me a week to install and the the psychotic part is the homeowner saw it and told me promised me he didn't care but it was inside the front door of the house of an awesome house that i was honored to work in and this that and the other thing and it comes down to a point of pride so i'm like nah, we're turning the fucking thing out man and Started over, and obviously, I didn't pay those guys. And all I ate that whole plate of shit. uh, but dude, it turned out badass things on my website to this day. And that homeowner is probably still happy to this day, so of course,
1: yeah. And they appreciate that. Back to the lone wolf, back to the one man, job. back to the lone wolf, dude. Yeah.
0: I'm not trying, and, and I didn't have to worry about anybody else losing. I guess I worried a little bit about my Kentucky friends uh, at first, but when they showed their true colors, I'm like, well, fuck y'all too, I guess.
1: But you were also trying to build a network and you were trying to like, you, 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 you believed what they were selling. And then you thought, okay, and that's this is exactly good. right.
0: And I need, I'm the type of personality that has to learn lessons the hard way. And so again, I walked away from that learning a ton of lessons, you know, uh, from the job, from the friends, from the client, from the distance at which I traveled for the job. I took it was too far away. It was for another friend that was a contractor that was too for, too far away, and he's a fucking builder, and I don't like to work for builders now. <laughs> I learned a ton of shit from that one. We
1: learn all kinds of lessons, man. And it's not at the early years. It's every year that you're in construction, you learn a lesson, man. Dude,
0: go trick yourself and try to think you know it all. You'll no get humbled way. real Never. fucking
1: quick. Never. And you still, when you finish, you retire, or you hand it off? You still have lessons to learn.
0: I know it's way too late, but can I swear on here?
1: Of course you can, man <laughs> There's no rules, Speaking, man making, There's no rules, man I'm not making too much work for your
0: producer. No, 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 no,
1: <laughs> I'm not I'm not editing any of that shit, that shit's all staying normal That's all it is, people are going to be listening to this They're yeah. going to be appreciating it, finally, it's great Another show from The Construction Life where it's all truth that's it. Simple as that. Yeah, man. love it. I wanna, I want get a, a new little. Fan, by
0: the way, man, I'm always scared to listen to industry stuff. I've, since you invited me, I started listening to past episodes, and I love it.
1: <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, I want to yeah. get a little bit technical. I mean, what's the bare bones basic lesson that you can tell homeowners and also tradespeople because we obviously do our own work sometimes in our own places, right? How to maintain floors. What's the best go to maintaining floors? Clean keep it clean keep them clean that's it
0: grown keep that son of a bitch clean dude any dirt under your feet it acts as an abrasive on hardwood to a mild degree so you know that can mean anything but uh end of the day sweep it dr- dry mop it microfiber it love it you know if you don't love it it's not going to love you my dad taught me when i was real young to uh you know, take care of your tools and they'll take care of you. Your floor is a fucking tool, whether you know it or not. Most people don't. But yeah, you're walking on it. It's serving you. You treat it like shit. It might take a while, but eventually it's going to treat you like shit too, unfortunately.
1: What do you tell clients? You know, keep that, it clean. So just keep it clean. What do you tell clients that have pets?
0: That the pets are going to ruin the floor and you got to deal with that too. Yeah. I've got 150 pound Great Pyrenees upstairs on top of my uh, customers three is oh, the love of my still life
1: still a puppy Coffee. yeah
0: yeah dude yeah is, is we, he, is he are, it gonna get know, to about about 200
1: eight. pounds or what how big is that, he's he gonna get no she is I think hopefully about her
0: peak size I don't know dude I swear she gets bigger though she I think it's last time we dog. weighed her she was oh, yeah. she was over a buck 50 wow they're beautiful they're dogs. going to wreck the floor they're just going to um so you know if you're installing do you know we can do a lot of shit to help mitigate that before it ever even becomes a problem and we can talk about finishes we can talk about saw cuts we can talk about species we can talk about layout you know i my taxes floor that i made that when i told you about earlier sucked uh, because it was a basic layout and it was only character grade Yeah. upstairs in my house now is two and a quarter inch by 15 inch number two grade rifting quarter sawn red oak herringbone uh, so there is so much going on on that floor that Daphne can wreck the shit out of it and you have to look for it to find it so and then we have a hard wax oil finish on it too which is really nice for that. she digs across it and tears some of that hard wax oil out I can clean that area and put more hard wax on it and then walk off the surface for a couple days. And it basically looks essentially like the rest of the floor. So hard wax oils are super repairable.
1: I, I love that you bring that up because I've had so many conversations with clients talking about that. Like we have a dog and we have children, we have like, so then you have to have a conversation about what type of flooring you're now not necessarily limited to, but you should consider right because yeah. either you're getting yeah. rid of the kid or you're getting rid of the dog or you're getting rid of both of them it's up to you but you can't just choose no one
0: wants a floor Nazi in the house either no. dude I've been the floor Nazi at my house and it fucking sucks I don't want to be out my kids or tell my dog that she can't play
1: somewhere so get a better floor that's all it is simple as that man <laughs> What other little things do you educate the clients with? Like when you're talking to them and and they come at you and I guess, are they coming at you first or you're coming at them first? Like, are they skewing towards a particular floor, a species, a brand or whatever?
0: You know, yes and no, it depends. I'm always going for finished product and then I reverse engineer so, you know, you mentioned pets. Um, it's end look. It's like, what do you want from your dream floor? Okay, we can figure all that out, and then I'm gonna reverse engineer through all that shit that I explained to you earlier about how we're gonna get to that floor. Um, and I rely on my years of experience and knowledge to get there. So if I'm lucky enough to have a client that's got a not an open-ended budget, but it isn't penny pinching and are trusting my experience and uh, you know, allowing me to pick things. It, it comes down to what's your house look like? How, wh- what do we want it to perform? How are, what's your wall art gonna look like? Uh, are you gonna remodel the kitchen in a few years? What kind of furniture you gonna have? Um, everything that we can do to make sure that when that floor is done, it's above and beyond all expectations um i do ahead of time so it just comes down and it, dude it's an interview people my throat hurts people like kick me believe it or not manny i'm long-winded people to kick me out of their house by the time i'm, I'm selling a job <laughs> they're, like, they're like just get the fuck out of here and come but back they appreciate
1: it man they totally appreciate it. what i mean what i first noticed about you ian is that um the way you would rebuild the floor was mind blowing. Yeah. Like you, you, the way you like, most people would look at a problem, a wall's been removed, you're remodeling, you're doing something. And now you've got this section of floor <sighs> that needs to be rebuilt. And you go in there and I'd love for you to just, I mean, th- don't talk trade secrets or anything like that. But I mean, if you want to just give us some highlights on rebuilding a section of flooring and how you tackle it and how you learned all the little details that are really critical in that process.
0: Well, dude, that takes me back to those houses that I worked with the nepotism people uh, at is having senior give me his wallet and my knowledge and his faith in me to just take the fucking place apart and figure it out gave me so much confidence and ability and through trial and error, I figure stuff out. So. I'm looking at it through the perspective of a guy who has stood in a house that's on your first floor looking into your basement. So I know everything that's between those layers. I'm not a floor guy that's coming into your house looking to like stack up floors or get away with some shit or do the minimal amount of demo or whatever. I'm looking at it. All right. How's our substrate? How's our joist under the substrate? What's our crawl space look like? What's our basement look like? Do we have good ventilation? did you move a wall? You know, do you need support in the basement? Do we need to uh, sister some joists? Do we need to replace a joist? Do you need a beam? And I think something that's cool about the one man show and my experience is a uh, client can go, yeah, yeah, and all of the above. And I'll go, sweet. I'm going to go draw up some plans and submit them to the city. And I'm going to move your structural wall and I'm going to make your basement better. And then I'm going to give you a new subfloor, and then we can talk about a hardwood floor. And the only way we got there was because I already liked you as a client, and so you got all these other services that no other hardwood flooring guy, probably in Ohio or maybe Most. in the Midwest, I don't know. There's yeah. not there ain't a lot of guys doing what I'm doing from that aspect. So when I am lucky enough to get one of those jobs, I I am feeling truly blessed. But those come few and far between outside of my own house, which are investments in my own you know Education. move my family around every year. yeah. Education is huge, dude. It's the best.
1: I I think that's what most tradespeople do is that they'll educate themselves. They'll tinker around. And, and, And I've actually said this several times on the show where it's like you listen to the house. You try to figure out exactly what's going on and problem solve. And there is. It's like it's funny that you just described hardwood flooring. And the last thing you mentioned was the hardwood flooring. (laughs) and i love that yeah yeah i totally love that right well dude it
0: goes it harkens back to what we were talking about earlier and it's like we're trying to build a thing that's gonna last it's gonna outlive these pop-up manufacturer homes it's gonna outlive in the house the wood the wood floor is gonna outlive the plastic floor unfortunately that plastic floor is gonna outlive the wood and all of us in the fucking landfill and that's something that a lot of people don't understand or think about when they're buying these waterproof Floors that they sell is waterproof. Sure, the piece of plastic you're laying on the floor is waterproof. The seams are not waterproof. The subfloor is not waterproof. The baseboard is not waterproof. You do not have a swimming pool for a house. And if you trust that, you're just going to create bigger problems for the future. 100%. So when you call me down the road, three, four, five years after you bought that shitty floor, bought the house with it, now we're doing the subfloor repairs. Now we're fixing joists that have rot. Now we're possibly replacing the entire subfloor just to get to. Hardwood floor. All roads all roads lead back to hardwood floor. The prints they put on those vinyl tiles are made to look like a hardwood floor. I'm not out there drawing vinyl tiles on top of my hardwood floor to make my hardwood floor look like vinyl, because that shit's garbage.
1: <laughs> it shakes my like I totally shake my head Ian where it's like, it's a photograph, man. And when I started seeing slabs of stone. And it's
0: only like seven or eight of them, too. That's a, the worst part. You get it, it, it out in a thousand square feet, you're like, I know. shit, I, I see the same I thing. I see
1: the same one over and over. There it is. And it's so annoying. But, I mean, you, it, it's, what, it's what the industry has become. And it's such a shame. Yeah. because it's, well, like it's you, trying to. It's yeah. trying to. And I
0: am I am here to keep that from becoming a reality. And I think we're... Uh, doing a really good job of it and you are too and the guys you have and ladies you have on here are yeah. doing a good job of it right. I, I truly believe that and i think things like this shows like this uh help that aspect because it shows people that there are guys like us out there living this and we are creating things that can be enjoyed for generations making a living doing it and and doing it on our own fucking rules too
1: i fucking love it um i want to ask you in what are some amazing floors that you've seen whether in in america in canada in europe like what are some amazing floors that you've seen and what were they made out of well
0: i i haven't been blessed enough to come to canada yet which i hope to sometime and i want oh, to get out
1: i want to get out
0: i don't blame you dude um amazing floors are everywhere dude and they're least suspected you know yeah. you'll walk into like a. uh when i moved to new broncos texas i walked into the general store downtown and they had uh 100 year old license plates covering holes in their southern yellow pine floor that oh, was 200 it. years old and yeah. i fucking love that yeah. and you know go try to sell that to somebody or describe that or whatever but like that's the cool shit I i'd had. fucking I was buy in Germany, it i love that yeah, it's it tells a story. Yes. You know, um, when I was in Germany, I got to see a lot of parquet, which I think is cool. I don't get a lot of that here. Uh, we are pretty boring in in Ohio. Right in my pocket, most floors are just excuse me, just straight lay. So So uh, yeah, you get to see these parquet floors and stuff. It's really cool, and it, to to think about the guys that were crafting them two and three and four hundred years ago is my favorite part about it. Because, you know, it was entirely different than what we do today. I used to say they had worse tools, but dude, I don't necessarily believe the history that we're taught. So whether it be construction, uh, public school, wars, American history, Canadian history, world history – And that's a whole uh, separate discussion, but so I used to say like, man, they would make this shit with lesser than us, but I don't even believe that anymore. Who knows what the fuck they were making it with and who knows what was going on in between their ears. Yep.
1: So, but now it's all about the mighty dollar, and it's just how fast can we push this out there and get it into a home? And what can we pass
0: off? What can we pass off to somebody?
1: Within industry standards, as we started talking about at the beginning of this whole show, it's just like get to, get the bare minimum industry standards to get approved, and then the client will be somewhat happy and content, but not love it. And that's a shame. And then they're, all they care about is a for sale sign at that point, and then moving out and getting mm-hmm. out.
0: And passing on to the next guy, and covering up enough, stacking another piece of shit on top of it enough to pass it off to that next poor sap, until eventually you got someone tearing out four or five layers of. Floor. That's why I or, wish. Or, I mean, I would
1: love to see more and more people hang on to homes a lot longer and understand and respect that if you build things a certain way, and 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 dissect what's behind finished surfaces, and appreciate what needs to be done a certain way. People would stay longer in their homes and care for their homes and then keep them generally speaking in the home, in the family, right? So it's just like I I like clients that do that or understand that or respect that instead of just like this house is disposable, so I don't care about the flooring. I really do not care about the flooring. Make me happy about the flooring for one year. We'll have our Christmas. We'll have our New Year's. We'll have our kids' birthdays. We'll have our, our anniversaries, and that's it. After that, I don't give a fuck. I'm out. I'm out of Dodge and I'm going to buy yep. something else with a brand new floor that I can still smell.
0: Well, and thankfully dude, those are the clients I'm weeding out, you
1: yeah. know, like if I get a contact form, Hey, I'm
0: considering LVT in this part of my house. I'm like, uh cool. I will install it. If I can talk into you know wood floor, let's talk about it. If not going down the road. Cause if they keep hitting a fucking wall and getting enough nose, guess what they're going to do. Yeah quit trying to get vinyl floors installed yeah and if i can educate them about, when i do answer my phone or when i am talking to these people i'll tell them all the reasons why vinyl sucks i'll tell them all the reasons why it's a piece of shit i used to install it i don't i won't even take it on anymore i would rather walk up outside and work on my privacy fence or work on this pile of wood or my kitchen that i've been putting off or whatever than install your vinyl floor and thankfully i can do that i'm in a in a place where i can but uh yeah so they hit a wall enough, you know, they're not going to even have that as an option anymore. We're going to push all that shit back in a boat to where it came from. So
1: you bring up a really good point, And I totally forgot to ask you about this because I wanted to discuss it. And I mean, here in Canada, and I'm sure in the States as well, kitchens and hardwood flooring, and then you get clients a few years later. And obviously you see the wear and tear at the stove, at the cooking range, at the sink, at the fridge. Um, and then they get upset because there's wear and tear. And they don't understand it, and I'm like, it's 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 flooring, it's hardwood flooring, it's it's a natural product, right? How do you handle that conversation with the clients that are, I guess, unaware, uneducated regarding that whole process?
0: Well, if it's my client and I made the floor, you best believe they're educated. Otherwise, they wouldn't even have a finished floor by me. So the thing you asked me earlier, Ian, what's the best thing you can tell a novice, a pro, anything about hardwood floor? Clean that motherfucker. Where's the biggest messes coming from? In a home, most of the time, the kitchen. Kitchen. Why is your wood floor worn out? Mostly there, probably because you're making a mess and not taking care of it in the right way in the timely manner. Yes. Hey, I hate to say it. I'm not here to judge people and how they live. Dude, I just I just did walk you through my house. (laughs) I saw that open beams. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm the last person to judge how anybody's living in their home. uh, But I am just here to bear the truth, and it's you treated it like shit, and so. As long as we installed it properly, treated the substrate the way it should, put the wood down the way it should be and put the finish on it the way it should be and went above and beyond all of the industry standards, then the only reason I'm getting that call is because A, something failed, which is your dishwasher, your refrigerator, um, which is common and does happen and is totally uh, understandable. But now we're talking about homeowners insurance in a whole different scenario. I'll make your floor bright, we'll make sure that it's compensated for in the proper manner and we're not going to do any bullshit, but yeah. So maintenance is another key aspect of this, depending on what finish you have and what uh, way you set yourself up as to how you're going to maintain the floor. If you've got a hard wax oil finish, one of the benefits I described earlier about being able to fix a scratch, you can <clears throat> essentially just clean in a professional way, the entire surface that you want to re coat and you can mix up either the actual oil, or a lot of these hard wax oil manufacturers make a maintenance oil that's kind of like a thin down version of the oil that you can maintenance that floor with. So if you've got a spot like, hey Ian, we cook in our kitchen every fucking meal. My family's here. My grandkids are here. We're just throwing salt shakers. We're salt bae in you know, on top of stuff. Like, all right, dude, <laughs> that's cool.
1: Let's,
0: <laughs> just call me in six months and I'll clean your floor and recoat it you yeah. know and then it'll never be a problem. And if you, if you want a wood floor and you're willing to do that, that's great. And if you don't, get, you know, you can get tile. It's not going to hurt my feelings. Uh I know one thing that I like in my homes though is a continuous floor. I like to walk in that front door and see the same surface throughout. I don't want dude, I don't even when I did this herringbone um, I went back and forth I was going to do a border but a border is kind of a cheap way out of the install because you can get around things and you can fuck up the install and I'm like I don't even want a border I don't want a border I don't want a transition I don't want a header board I want the same herringbone that I'm looking out of the front door going all the way through and out the back door and that's what we did uh and that's what I'm trying to do for your floor or or any floor so and I'm always super open book I'm like look I'm coming at your floor from the very heavily biased perspective of a hardwood floor guy so i want you to have a wood floor so any answers i give you any advice i give you all of it's filtered through that so you know i'm someone's like hey and i want a wood floor throughout but i'm just i'm gonna hire a tile guy for the kitchen i dude i get it do it i you know it's maddening to have a, a you know a pot of boiling water spill on top of a floor but you can't just pick up and wipe away and forget about. You to um, do a little bit more too.
1: What are your thoughts on uh, heated floors, heated elements underneath the wood floors? I like it. It's not super common in
0: my neck of the woods. No, up so, here, up here uh, it's very
1: common. Up here.
0: I've seen some really cool products, so especially I actually just I, I apologize because I don't remember the name. Uh, I met a guy at the expo this uh, past month though, in Milwaukee that makes a product that's very similar to like a, a Ditra, I okay. would think, or like a, it's all or I, I would put it more like a Curdy because it's um you know like a fleecy in three foot rolls and it's got the wires pre-placed okay so you can i want to say you can float this stuff or i think he said you just use like a really small v-notch trowel like you would Curdy or whatever and then put it down on the floor and then you can fold trowel or you can even nail straight through that fleece you have to obviously miss Miss the the wires. wires yeah but they have these sheets cut out in um, in sizes, so it's like Curdy or like working with Schluter, at least used to be a decade ago, where you would work with them and plan out the room, and, yeah. and they would send you something. Yeah,
1: it was new. Heat. There's a little bit. Yeah,
0: new Yeah, it's heat. even yeah. a little bit more user friendly in a way that they have like pre-manufactured puzzle pieces. I think you just go and say, "I want this, this, and this," yeah. and I'll make it work. But yeah, I think they're cool as hell, man. And as long as it's the company that makes a good high quality product and then the client knows everything about the wood, because you've got to understand wood and what it does with moisture, what it does with temperature and what it does with extreme
1: changes. Yes.
0: So as long as we all know this and we have our environment acclimated in a way that is best to suit that, I'm cool with it. But I don't want you fucking calling me upset when your floor's got gaps in it because, you took a shower for four days in a row and then came in and blasted the heat the next day and it sucked all that moisture out. And after it sat on the floor for three days and then you got all these gaps and cups and stuff. I, I would imagine that. that was something that happened.
1: Yeah, exactly. Clients don't understand but that. We,
0: but I think if I sold that, I'm probably going to try to sell you a, a engineered product. Like we talked about earlier that, that has that plywood underneath. Because that plywood is meant to alleviate most of those yep. problems yep. before it makes it to that wear layer up top.
1: But an engineer flooring that's got a, a decent amount of finish layer, so then you're not. Four mil plus. Yeah. I like
0: four to six mil. Yeah. Yep. I, so I, totally I can agree. sand almost, if not as many times as I'm sanding a solid floor.
1: Yeah. Ian, is there a flooring yeah. that you haven't done yet? A style or something that you want to try or a species?
0: Yeah, all of them, dude. Anything I haven't touched, I wanna to touch. It. Anytime <laughs> I see a tree, you know, I'm out at the apple orchard with my kids. I'm like, why haven't I seen an apple floor? What what would it take to get an apple tree in a way that I could build a floor out of apple? You know, um, I, like I that. someone sent me a picture of a chevron floor that yes. they did the other day. Um because I have contractors, I think guys are afraid to post stuff on social media sometimes. I'm sure you get this. People just DM you a, a picture of a finished product, yeah. And you look at their profile and like they don't post yet, you know, but they like to send it to somebody whose opinion they value. Yeah. And that warms my heart to to a degree I couldn't explain. And so. But yeah, someone sent me a picture of a Chevron floor. And I was like, dude, uh, I've never actually installed a Chevron. And I was then asking him questions. Like, is it like herring band? Is it sand well? This and that. So I, I'd like to do a Chevron in the near future. Challenge. Um, and then one of these wild ass parquets. I want to do a medallion. I want to make a weird ass medallion for somebody and put it in the middle of the floor.
1: I guess most of the guys that are doing medallions nowadays they all CNC cut and then kind of just, that's how they're doing them now, right? there's this kooky ass guy in colorado uh he's like kind of an industry legend who
0: picked a fight with me actually when i lived in um texas on social media battle uh so i'm not going to shout him out i'm not going to say i like his work um but he's won a ton of nwfa awards but he was a complete cocksucker so i don't want to you know to me dude if you're not a cool person i don't give a fuck what you're making uh, cause it's honestly, if I can't sit here now, have a conversation with you, then your exactly. art sucks. Exactly. And we all, are, you know, it's super heady and probably narcissistic to say, but dude, we're kind of out here making art. I like to think of it that way. a lot. I've I think always said that. Motivated.
1: Yeah. Every trades person doesn't matter what it is. Plumber, electrician, bricklayer, anybody. It's all art to me. It's all art. Yep. I don't want to meet
0: the asshole that, uh, you know, I don't want to meet Roger waters that built a fucking wall in front of his, uh, crowd because they worshiped his music so much fuck you roger waters i want to meet the guy that fell so deeply in love with the woman that he cut his fucking ear off and sent it to her and i want to see that guy's art and i want to show him um so yeah you i agree man i totally agree this but yeah you can make that shit and sell it to somebody and great or i can uh, hire a guy with a CNC machine who I fucking met who's awesome who will design that thing for me and then hand it to me who I put in a client's floor who the client's awesome and then everything through the uh, chain of command was awesome and I don't have to deal with some old drunk cocksucker that's mean to everybody <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're getting close to the end, Ian. I, almost, I, I really don't even want to wrap it up. But I'm sure that I don't want to take all your whole day here, man, because you got shit to do in the we'll house. But here, but I'll,
0: we'll turn it into the Joe Rogan experience. Yeah, this has been me, fun,
1: man. <laughs> it's been totally. I fucking. I, I've always respected you and the work that you do, and and the mindset that you have towards. Hey, can I sleep. mention
0: something really quick? Totally, I don't totally, remember yeah. if I did, but, man. You did inspire the fuck out of me with my Van rap. I Thanks, know we man. briefly touched on it, but. Yeah. When you had Hardcore Rentos and, and I saw your band and I saw the reaction it got in town and I saw the pictures you posted of it around, I I carry that. I mean, I <laughs> dude, I swear to God, like I was – I'm like this is – I've always wanted around me because I want it to eventually help me decide
1: what I'm gonna do. And that's I did. I know, and then and you like sent I, it that to that me. My... I know you sent it to me to get my opinion. And I was like, I love it. I absolutely love it, man. <laughs> no, and it it, it, yeah. it all came about when I was in the industry. I, I all I saw was white vans. Everybody had white vans and maybe a little magnet on the side or something like that. And I was like, this and is that's just... the last guy you want to hire. Yeah, it's boring. It. It's it like have a little bit of your character, and that's why I came up with the one side with Polaroids, because I'm an eighties kid and I grew up on Polaroids, and we're gonna take a Polaroid of you. I've been taking polaroids of all the guests that have been on the show and then the other side I just figured you know what I want to smash a wrecking ball through a concrete wall and that was that and then I changed the back a few times and I had my my image of myself with the arm and and then I had splashes of paint on the front and it's just I would park it in certain neighborhoods and people would just take pictures of it and it got noticed and then it was like it's not a plain white rape van you know what I mean it was just like like Dude, it's, when I first yeah. got
0: it I used, I used to tell uh, my wife I wanted to make a new Instagram page of the head turns like I want to put like a GoPro in the dashboard and because just people would. Head
1: turns. Yeah, exactly, dude.
0: It's amazing. Just like the wooden business cards that I still use. Yeah. Like I always get compliments on my van. I, I'm insecure about it right now because it's it's almost five years old. So I'm getting ready. I'm actually uh, I'm getting a Mercedes like like your old one. I, I'm uh, they're they're building it right now. I'll have it in November. So I'm currently the in rap, the process. Is the wrap
1: fading? It's not fading, is it? Because mine never
0: faded. Uh, well, so no but you know it's a construction van so i beat the shit out of it it's yeah. got some dents and stuff the roof is bad uh i, I used to live under a walnut tree which oh. put holes in it and then the texas and florida heat over the last couple years really a did a number on it yeah, yeah, yeah. so it looks like you know, landmines went off on the roof uh but that I guess could be fixed. And honestly, the dude that did it said it could have been done better. He had a, some lackey do it and he was like, Yeah, I'm not proud of, of the work. So no,
1: the guy that did mine, yeah, he was- did an amazing job and then I was like so happy about it. And then it was kind of sad when I was it was finally time for me to give up the van. And like you said earlier, I'm fifty one, so it's like I'm I'm working on my exit kind of thing, but I'm not exiting completely. And I was like, I don't need a van anymore. So then I got I took the wrap off, which was kind of hard. Uh, to do it, Bittersweet yeah, it was bittersweet, but it was weird. Is that when they took the wrap off, it was a brand new looking van, like because it got wrapped the week <laughs> yeah. that it was purchased, so it was always Mine being did protected. Too. Mine did too. It was absolutely insane how like pristine clean white it was and i was like this is insane it hasn't seen any sun at all and then uh it took Mine's it off
0: actually black under i was really it? kinky yeah. about that i was like i want the jams black i want everything else black but i want the outside to be to be wrapped they're like why why it? i was like because i said so, motherfucker and i might have brand new <laughs>
1: you're up. paying for it, whether or not it is <laughs> yeah. designers on you're still paying the same for the wrap it's the same thing no difference right exactly
0: i don't yeah. care what color it's going on
1: Awesome, man. Let's let's uh let's get to the 12 questions. I just want to do another shout out to you. Ian uh Cheeto, right? Cheeto? Cheeto, yeah, like the actor. Yeah, man, just like Don. Don Cheeto. It's Ian Cheeto. Uh Dayton Hardwood, triple and Ian at DaytonHardwoodCo.com, And then on Instagram, it's Dayton Hardwood Co. And the YouTube channel is Woodfloor You ready for the 12 questions? Let's hear it, man. What's your favorite construction word, Ian? Cut hair. What's your least favorite construction word? Can't. What turns you on in construction? Wood. What turns you off in construction? Plastic. What's your favorite curse word? Cut. What's your least favorite, or sorry, what's your favorite vehicle of all time? Hindenburg. I love that. What's your least favorite vehicle?
0: Auschwitz trains.
1: Mm. Uh, what construction sound <laughs> or noise? <laughs> that, that hits, man. That hits. Not, I could actually hear it. It's giving me goosebumps, man. I'm sorry. But yeah, that hits. Sorry, brother. Sorry. What, uh, what construction sound or noise do you love?
0: I like all the weird ASMR shit, uh, tape peeling, liquids mixing, urethanes bubbling.
1: You ever get that in on a job site where you actually are able to um, isolate sounds? Like when you're on a job site, even though there's so many other sounds are going on, but you can actually isolate a sound, and it it it's almost like it's amplified sometimes on a job site.
0: That's what they call the zone, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, when you kind of like get into that meditative state.
1: Like when I'm watching, my uh, yeah, when my I'm watching yeah, yeah, you, you kind of hear that. It, it just it's like it drowns everything else, and then you're only focused on that one sound, and it's actually very soothing sometimes.
0: I wouldn't say yeah, the it's SDS,
1: the concrete SDS guys, are at that because that's just annoying as hell. But yeah, like a sander or. But a if trowel. you have proper ear protection
0: on, like if you've got, you know, I wear the bow. Yeah, like yeah, PC yeah. Tubes.
1: But it's, it's almost, um, it's, it's that repetitive kind of rhythm that it, it just, that's it. Right. More the, the and other sounds. like
0: your, your experience has something to do with that too. Cause I think if you're tuned into like knowing the result of that sound and like, okay, man, I know I've got the right grit going at the right angle at the right speed on the right speed. It's like, I know I'm tuned the fuck into this thing. Like I yeah. want to just lap it up and that, yeah. that's, I think you can hear the noises better and you like it better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you do love what you do, dude.
1: You have to. You have to. Don't do it then. That's it. What construction, sound, or noise do you hate?
0: Itching from workers.
1: Yeah, it is a sound and it is a noise. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? Teaching. What profession would you not like to do one day? Roofing. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates?
0: Here's the angle of the JFK assassination that you didn't get to see.
1: Are you going to share it? Are you going to share it with everybody else?
0: Hell Yeah. Yeah, I would be shout out from the mountaintops. Yeah, you have to share it, Matt.
1: Ian, absolute pleasure having you on the show, bro. I, I really Thank appreciate it. Thank
0: you for having time. me, man. It's a long time coming. Uh, right? Exactly. I long. I, I
1: know we've we've chatted so many years, and and total respect. I got like loads and loads and loads of respect for you and what you do, and and I wish more and more of the youngins would actually start, you know, paying attention and understand that there is a lot of room for respect in this industry. And well, uh, I want
0: you to know how much that means to me and how hard I've worked to earn that respect. And uh, I want to say to anybody that's listening that I used to be a drunk asshole that vandalized the exact same community that I am now serving. And you can do that too. Exactly. It doesn't happen overnight, but you can change whatever is bad in your life. You can make it a little bit better at a time. And then over the course of a bunch of years, you can look back and you can have something that you're proud of. And however you interpret that in your own life is up to you, but trust me, you can do it.
1: Yes. Well said, man. Ian from Dayton Hardwood, www.daytonhardwoodco.com, ian at daytonhardwoodco.com and on Instagram, Dayton Hardwood Co. and YouTube, the channel, everyone subscribe. Wood gasm. Thanks, brother. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you, brother. All right, Angelina, I we're out of here. You.